When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Hook Rocks. This is Jay Scott. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying healthy. Hope you're staying active. We're staying active for you. We've got another episode here with our latest guest from Sweden, from the band Heat. We have the drummer Crash. What's going on, Crash? How are you? Yeah, I'm awesome. Nice to be here. I'm I'm, I'm doing good, actually. How are you? I'm good, too, man. How are you guys doing out there? Uh, it's it's uh, pretty all right. You know, Europe is kind of uh, in a lockdown. Uh, in Spain, you can't even go out on the streets. And in Germany, you can't be in groups bigger of five. But in Sweden, it's like almost business as usual. I don't know why, but we have a special mentality here. So I went to Ikea yesterday. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. Still open. Wow. I um the only places I've been to in the last ten weeks ten weeks are the bank and the grocery store to buy food. That's all I've been in ten weeks. Yeah. So Yeah, but that's that's good. Yeah. We of course we Swedes are very careful. We wash our hands, we keep our distance and all that, of course. Has but, it uh, has it really affected like the outbreak? I mean you guys I mean I've read articles about how you guys are living your lives right now, do you feel it's had, uh, it really hasn't affected much, or do you think it, it was maybe the wrong way to go about that? Um, I'm not really sure. I don't hear of a lot of people, I'm not really sure about the latest statistics. What was wrong? Was it the right way uh, to do it like we do it in Sweden? But I don't hear of many people getting sick and infected you hear kind of I, I don't know if it was the right decision maybe I think because of the way politically how Sweden is uh, how Sweden is with high taxes and uh, um, free healthcare and all that maybe it was the right way well you know it's maybe too yeah. early to tell right and I think as we move forward with this and you know the more countries experience it and deal with it health wise you know, we'll see. Maybe there's differences in what you guys are doing versus what we're doing versus the UK. It's it's such a unique time that no one really knows the proper way to do it. And I think over time, when we look back, when you're able to study it, because hindsight's always twenty twenty, you'll be able to figure it out and say, hey, this is probably the best course of action. 
next yeah. time. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a while before we yeah. know what what the best course of action was. Absolutely. And also, we, we don't know what's going to happen when they open up the other countries. Is that going to like um, fall back somehow, latch back? Don't know. But, yeah. And man, for me, playing in a rock band, all tours canceled or postponed. Weird for all the rock bands. So that's yeah. It's, I've never heard anything like this. It is. It is very. Uh, it's very disappointing for the music fan. And you know, I go to several shows per year, and for me to kind of put the brakes on it and not be able to go to a show, and you know, not be able to go to a show to a show for the foreseeable future, is disappointing. And you know, hopefully, at some point. You know, they're talking 2021, you know, when that will happen, we don't know. It's just, like you said, there's, you know, there's so much unknown and, you know, there's so much that we just don't know yet and so many questions that we have to answer. It's going to be a while. I know that. Um, but Yeah, probably. So, I don't know. We, we did postpone our uh, mate. Uh, we had a European tour in May. We postponed it to December, but man, I'm not really sure if it's going to happen. It's just too unsure how things are now. We'll get we'll get more into this as we you know go into the conversation. But I wanted to start off our our interview like we always do every time we have a new new guest, and that is the same first question, which is the essence of the show. Just like every rock fan. Or every every rock song has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a band, an album, a song, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? Oh man, I uh, I know kind of the moment. One moment. It was it was something that really like was an eye opener or like a real hook. It was a proper meat hook. Um was when I saw the video of uh, Monkey Business, Skid Row, I was like, what? What is this? This is awesome. I love it. That's a great song. That was a, a big moment for them, too, because they came off of their debut album more or less you know, described as a glam band and part of that 80s movement, and then they released Slave to the Grind, which much more heavier sound, much more in-your-face, and I remember that first yeah. video off that album, how awesome and how much it was just so much different than their debut album. Yeah. And well, now, you know, a couple of years later, uh, we have toured with uh, Skid Row a couple of times. Yeah, that might, you know, that must be, you know, kind of life coming full circle, right? You, you're touring with the band that, you know, got you in the music and got you into rock and roll and made you interested in, in, in the genre of, of hard rock. And I think that's, that's gotta be an unbelievable moment. So it feels like I'm on the other side of the full circle right now. That's great. I'm I'm doing an eight. So where did it go from there? From Skid Row to, you know, what, who made you want to pick up the drums? Well, um, First off, when I started playing drums, it was Jimmy J, the bass player of Heat, that asked me, uh, okay, so this was in the beginning, the beginning, the beginning. Uh, I didn't have a uh, uh, big inspiration in the beginning. I was I was just thrown into a band. 
So Jimmy J had a band. There was this was when we were kids in school. Jimmy J had a band, and they drummer their drummer couldn't make it to a gig. So he asked me. It was like, your dad plays drums. You can do the gig. I was like, I can't play drums. I've never touched the drums in my entire life. Anyway, so I started rehearsing. The gig never happened, but we rehearsed, and I felt that man, this was fun. Uh, this comes very naturally for me. I got the rhythm in me somehow. So, and then their drummer quit, and I joined their band. And yeah, then we started Heat, and um, you know, then we started touring, releasing albums. And that was that was uh, 2007. We started Heat. Thirteen years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen years. It's a long time. When you were picking I mean, up the drums and you you know, were re- rehearsing, did you ever start to lock in on someone who who played and that you were getting influenced by? I mean, how did that process work? Because what you talk about is very unique. I mean, you were kind of thrown into something without really knowing. Obviously, you mentioned your dad who played the drums, so I'm sure you were aware of the instrument and aware of drummers. But you know, as you grew into the instrument, who were your influences? Yep. Well, from the beginning, I'd say uh, I listened a lot to Pantera, Metallica. So, yeah, Vinnie Paul and uh, Lars Ulrich. Um, and then I would, we played a lot of Slipknot, so Joey Jordison and uh, uh, Rush, Neil Peart, and, uh, and Dream Theater, so Mike Portnoy. So there has never been like one guy for me one source of inspiration uh but uh, several so all these all these people i just mentioned have have influenced me uh, a lot yeah i mean it's just um you know a very i interview bands all the time and whenever i ask the question of what made you pick up an instrument i've never heard someone say well actually my friend was in this band and their drummer couldn't make the gig and they just kind of threw me into it. That's such a unique, you know, experience and a unique way to figure it out because you know, you were having fun doing it, but then it became your passion. You guys started a band, you know, and you know the rest is where you are today. Yeah, <laughs> just a a coincidence, kind of, I suppose. The new album released in 2020 is Heat 2. It's one of my favorite records so far in 2020. It's an unbelievable record. The videos are well, yeah, they are, are, are extremely awesome. The, the, the animations are great. And, uh, I think it's Rise and I... Um, uh, what was the other animation one? Um, Dangerous Ground? Yes, yes. And I just love the way that feel. It's got an old school animation feel here from like an old Spider-Man cartoon that I used to watch when I was a kid. What was the creative yeah. process going into this album? Yeah, regarding the, the whole album, the music or, or the videos or... Well, let's, talk, let's start with the album. I think that on... Coming coming from the previous album into the great unknown, I think there we uh, we spent a lot of a lot of time trying to experiment 
and uh, rediscover ourselves, kind of. Uh, I think Into the Gray and Unknown is a masterpiece. And it took us like two years of, of, uh, uh, of songwriting and recording. But then coming from that, this time around, we just, it was, this album is more spontaneous. This time we just kind of picked up the guitar, wrote some cool riffs, and it, whatever we thought was cool, we, we just uh, uh, kept it and kept on working on it. And it was uh, a quite easy album to write, actually. And maybe it's one of those albums that you can't write unless you have toured, uh, you know, around the world, a couple of laps, because uh, I think, I think personally, there's a great, there's a great mix between the live vibe and the studio vibe. So you have best of both worlds. Uh, you have the vibe, vibe of a live energy that meets with a powerful uh, album sound. When you're writing the record, you know, what is that process like? Is that a collaborative effort? Do, does someone come up with lyrics? Do you guys all put together the music and the arrangement? How does that work for Heat? Well, it, it depends. It's, uh, we all write songs. Uh, so that's, the strength in Heat is really that we work together as a team, the five of us. So we all write songs and we all are uh, working as a team, basically. Uh, but for this particular album, this latest one, uh, Dave DeLone and Jonah T uh, took the role as producers. Before we have only had uh, external producers, Tobias Lindell uh, and Michael Vale Blum. And, but this time... Uh, it felt like it just felt like we were a band, kind of, um, with no external people interfering. <laughs> we just felt like the five of us working as as uh, normal. Uh, but uh, Jonathan Dave DeLong did a great job, kind of patching it all together in the end. But regarding the songwriting, it can be anyone. It can be. Well, it's rarely. I, okay, I said that we work as a team, but it's rarely five people on one song. It's maybe one guy, and he, he thinks that, okay, uh, I'd like um, some Jimmy J on this song, so so the two of them hook up. So it's like two, or groups of two or three, and it, it, vary, it varies a lot who writes what song. You know, when you're putting together the music, you all have different influences. You know, you bring your influences from the drums and the other members bring theirs. How do you guys mesh all that together? I mean, is it is it just because you've been playing so long with each other? It's now a synergy where you guys know how the, you know, how each other plays and what you guys are going to want out of a song. What is what is yeah, that all sure. about? Sure, sure. It could be something like that. I think it's just we have played together for so long. So if if there's a song, okay, if there's a demo of a song, and we we five and he we bite our teeth into that song, then it just naturally the the pieces just fall in place, kind of, because 
we know each other, we know where to to take to take space in a song and where to leave space, leave room for the others to be heard, kind of. So I, I think it's just 13 years of touring and being in a band, writing songs together later, I think that uh, that's kind of the, the trick. And then also in the, the mix, the final mix, we always, on the previous four albums, Tobias Lindell has done the mix of all songs, and that also helps to, to bring it together to get one sound and to make one album out of just a bunch of songs. When you're recording Heat 2 and you're you're coming off the album The Great Unknown, Into the Great Unknown, and you start to record and you have the music that you had in your previous album, is there a sense of trying something different creatively to, you know, improve the sound of Heat or or try something Uh, different? Yeah, you mean on this latest one? Yeah, I mean, is there an evolution, you know, from one album to another? I think the evolution here is that we try to be creative and make some cool music, uh, experiment a lot on Into the Great Unknown and on this latest album, Heat 2, it was more spontaneous. So we we didn't try anything. We just kind of did what felt natural. That was the creative process on this album. We played music that we want to hear, that we want to play, kind of, uh, without overthinking keeping it more simple, the simplicity, instead of maybe trying to do something more complex? Sure. The, the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this album comes out, you know, you guys are gaining momentum wherever you're playing. I know you guys recently did the Monsters of Rock Cruise, where a lot of people, in, you know, from America, you know, I, I heard great things. I, I you know, we. I yeah. was talking to another podcaster who was also on that cruise, and he's like, "Dude, you've got to see Heat. They are incredible." And I'm kicking myself for not going, but it's nice to see that you guys are exposing yourselves to more audiences, going on these cruises that help you get more fans. And those fans, you know, by word of mouth, are telling other people. I know it's difficult to tour America, especially if you're from overseas, but are you guys seeing the same thing with momentum and and you know building your fan base by doing these cruises, by doing the festivals that you do, going to the places that you do? Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Playing a, a big festival, a big thing, big happening, like Monsters of Rock Cruise, that's great. That's, uh, they're really something that's, that gives other things, contacts and uh, opportunities. And uh, that's going to open up doors for the future as soon as this virus can leave us alone. But I just heard how awesome and unbelievable you guys are live. And just one of the things I heard is they're the real deal. They can match what's on the album. And that's, you know, that's pretty special because, you know, for a band that not too many people in America have been exposed to, unfortunately, it's great that people that you guys are resonating with new fans and picking up new fans that hopefully someday will build to an audience where you can come and play America and you know play more mm-hmm. clubs and more theaters. When you look at the infrastructure of rock music right now, 
and you look at how difficult it is to break through in rock music because especially in America, it has become irrelevant. It's kind of like in the backseat of the car where pop and hip hop and country are, are at the forefront. Rock has taken a backseat, unfortunately, over the last 10 years. However, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing a upswing in a lot of new bands, a lot of great new music that's coming out. A lot of bands like yourself that have been around for a while but maybe have not had the exposure, finally getting some of that exposure. Another band I think of is Rival Sons, who's finally starting to break through, which is unbelievable. But what are your thoughts on the, 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 the infrastructure of rock and roll and how and what it needs to happen in order for it to grow? I think that maybe rock just needs time and it needs more... Gener- generations catching on, listening to rock, supporting it. I think that's that that's what it takes to to make catch on. Because as I see it, you had you had the the glory days. You had the sixties and the seventies, sure, but then you had the glory days in the eighties and the first years of the nineties. But then, kind of when the nineties ended and internet came and I don't know what happened, but it just, it was tough for the music business in general, but somehow the, uh, the companies, the business, they just gave up on rock somehow in the beginning of the 2000s. And just, it was hard for all bands, I think, to be in a band. I do, I don't know why. Maybe it's just, hard to put the finger on why it, it it affected rock music the hardest but somewhere there the rock wasn't commercial anymore I mean we play that commercial rock from another time because our music is very 80s melodic rock inspired but since then the music business the music industry just said I don't know I hard to put the finger on why but they just said no that's it no more rock and roll now it's all about i don't know pop and hip-hop and it's been like that and the music industry just they don't want to touch touching rock with without gloves on or something like that and i think that the, the younger kids they grew up with the music from the 2000s. They they catch catched on to that, so they they listened to what the the industry gave them, which was pop and hip hop. Sure, you had rock bands, but I I'm talking in in big uh, in big ways here, you know, painting with broad uh, brushes. Uh, so I think that. If the music industry just can get that there is a lot of people that want to hear rock, then somewhere there is where where rock's gonna get get big again. Yeah, do you at all know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. I I think that what's happened is it's it's twofold, right? You've got your classic rock fans who, for whatever reason don't want to listen to anything new. However, 
when my classic rock fans hear a band like Heat or a band like Rival Sons, they're like, oh, these guys are great. You know, I haven't heard of these guys. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you got to keep listening to new music, you know, because you're going to miss out on, on great stuff like this. And then you've got the younger generation, which because their parents listen to rock, they listen to hip hop and they listen to hip hop because it's got that outlaw feel to it. It's got that controversial feel to it. And they embrace hip hop music embraces controversy. Whereas I think rock music for whatever reason, and I don't know why, I don't know the answer to this. They've gone down the middle and rock and roll's never been about going down the middle. It's about being the middle finger. It's about being, you know, know, saying fuck off and being anti-establishment. I mean, you think of the eighties that we talked about, you think of Axl Rose and you think of, Metallica and you think of all those bands that came out during that time how they were they were larger than life and they you couldn't take your eyes off of them and I think for whatever reason that went away you know in the in in the 90s in the in the mid 90s to late 90s and into the 2000s where there wasn't that guy I mean you could probably say Marilyn Manson was was definitely someone that people you know connected with in terms of the rock star but I, there really hasn't been much in terms of that swagger that rock and roll had. And for whatever reason, you know, I don't know if they just don't want to upset part of their audience or they don't want to be too controversial, but you're in rock and roll. You, you got to do that. In my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know, man, weird times. And now comes the virus too. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that rock and roll had so much momentum in 2019 that going into 2020, it was going to be this big year. There were so many bands like Heat and, and so many other bands that I, I've, I've talked to. And I, you know, I listened to them talk about the disappointment of having the things, you know, be put on pause. And I guess the only positive so far that that's that this is about is that everyone's kind of going through the same thing. You know, this isn't you know, dedicated to one band or one area of, of music, everybody's dealing with it. So I guess in that aspect, when it does come back, everybody can come back together like a big family, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's sure. Maybe there's better days coming after, after the virus, because then people haven't been, the audience hasn't, hasn't been to a concert for maybe years. So yeah. A lot of people is going to want to go to concerts after the virus ends. Uh, speaking of better, better days coming. I was just going to mention yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see Did you see that I was in the Kip Winger video? Yes, I did. And I saw your response video of how you created your masterpiece work of art to be included in, in the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or something like that. It was just I told that story to to Jonah uh, in, in the band, and he was like, "Dude, that's a great story. You got to record that." So I did. I sat down in front of the camera, and I just I just told the story of how how I, how Kip Winger asked me to be in his music video, and it didn't didn't at all turn out as I saw it coming because I kind of forgot about it and I was drunk and I still had to do it because I had, I had promised Mr. Winger and, uh, yeah, it, it was a fun story. I agree. So yeah, I recorded it in 
the full story is on my you can find it on YouTube just search for Don Crash yeah that was I was laughing when I saw that because I saw the video when it came out when it was released and I thought it was awesome I thought it was a great idea I thought it was so well done I thought it you know it was like I had had a smile on my face every time I watched it and I thought it was so cool Yeah. yeah and the way it was put together and the people that played on it it you know Alice Cooper to Richie Kotzen to you to Kip and you know, Reb Reb Beach's daughter in the background while he's playing the guitar is, yeah. <laughs> you know, is 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 a, is a character in the video too as well. So I just thought it was awesome. Yeah, still and I, a lot of people in there. Yeah, and and um, you know, I hope there's more of that. But then when I saw your story on YouTube and how you recorded, my first question was, who has a green screen in their own house? So. <laughs> <laughs> only a drummer <laughs> i was like how do you how does one obtain a green screen in their house i've, I've never heard of that well it's just something that i tried i tried when we really released uh the month the months coming up to the release of heat 2 i had an idea to kind of try to use the possibilities of the internet and technology so that's when I got the green screen. So I did some crazy videos when I play when I played every single when we released a single uh, coming up to the release of Heat Two. I played it live uh, in front of a green screen with a kind of animations and stuff uh, in the background. And so I I talked to the to the people uh, listening. Uh, and they can chat back and I can answer questions. And when I play the song, I have the video in the background, green screened in behind the drum kit. And uh, so that's kind of why I, it was just a crazy idea and it worked. Uh, it took a lot of time to make it all work though. The audio and the video and the animations and the uh, internet and the live stream and everything. But so that's why uh, I have a green screen because it was a, a crazy idea I had to, to promote Heat 2 uh, and now the album's been out a while and I never took down the green screen so so yeah drunk in the middle of the night and dead tired I thought it was a good idea to oh, shoot with the green screen it was it was perfect I, I, um, I've seen the video several times and, and that's one of my favorite parts because it's so different than what everybody else is doing all of a sudden you have this scene you know, and I'm like, what, what is going on here? But it's great. It fits. It fits what the song. You know, it, it is. It's that. It's that happiness. It's that. Hey, it's just do the joy that you live every you know day in your life, and and uh, and it comes out on on the in the video. Yeah, yeah. And better days start coming. So why not a sunset in a big field? I agree. Did, did Kip ever respond to you? I know when you last left it on the YouTube. Uh, story that you know yeah, he, he just he yeah, just sent he, one he line did. to you, but he ever he ever follow up with you? Yeah, he did. Uh, he saw the video uh, of my story. <laughs> I, I I could I reckon that he could never imagine that that's what happened. So I I, I just felt that I I had to send that story to him as well. But he uh, he saw it and he replied and he said that he laughed so much. He said it, that it was amazing and he wished me a happy birthday. So, oh. Kip Winger, great guy, and I'm uh, glad to be part of his uh, of Winger's video. 
Yeah, and you talked about you know the contacts and the that you create by being on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Is that where you met Kip and that where you met Winger? Sure, sure. Yeah, I I had met him before, but connected a little better on the boat. So yeah, that's why I got a text message from from Kip. That's how this whole story turned out. That's great. Now, as far as Sweden goes, you know how how does rock music in Sweden? How does how does that how does your country support a band like Heat? Is it much different than other areas like the UK or America? I mean, imagine you know being local to the to your country. You have a a, a, a big fan base and, and an appreciation for what yeah, you guys do. Yeah, sure. I think I'm not really sure, uh, but I think we have the biggest fan base in. Actually, it might not be true, but I think the biggest fan base is in Sweden. But it's not intense. We don't feel the support like Sweden is our home turf. That's where we're from. I mean, we do, but it's not in your face. I mean, because with the music industry being what it is, we have to travel far uh, to find our audience. So we rarely play in Sweden maybe once or twice per year or or less so we mostly play abroad so there's we don't do a lot of stuff in sweden to promote us and uh, so we i'd say that we're far bigger abroad than in sweden we have better countries like spain fantastic we love spain and uh, that's always a pleasure to play there when we play there we we really feel that intense support Maybe it's those uh, Spanish people being so passionate about music and stuff. But uh, yeah, and the UK, Germany, great countries as well, Japan. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we don't really feel that in Sweden, that like intense home turf support. What about while the pandemic is going on? You know, you're living your life. You mentioned you went to IKEA. You know, at the beginning of the interview, how has the creative yeah. process been while you've, you know, while you're dealing with this, while you have to sit at home? I know some artists feel it's hard to be creative when you're doing the same things every day and you're not experiencing life. But where you guys are at, it's much different than, you know, parts of the world. How has your creative process, how has the band's creative process been affected by what's been going on? Well, we've had more time to be creative, basically, since all the tours are postponed or canceled. So we got a lot of time to to write music and be creative. But also, uh, we have gotten time to kind of catch our breath, which is something that that is kind of rare. Because when playing in in a band these days, you know, you gotta you gotta work. Uh, you gotta go out on tour. You gotta deliver. You gotta put out new music. So you constantly have to keep moving. But with these time, I think we all just we have gotten time to yeah catch our breath and make plans for the future and and start working on the next album because you know it's it's hard to to mega promote an album when you can't play. And I'm speaking of of Heat too. 
Well, with Heat too, you know, it's such a fantastic album, and you know, you guys released it earlier this year, and you mentioned now you're writing and recording new music. Is that the intent to once things kind of get back up, is to maybe release some more new material? And I don't want to say forget Heat Two, but um, maybe do like a dual promotion or do, you know, or just go on to the next record because it just the situation is what it is. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, I get what you mean, and yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. We're not definitely not gonna forget E two, but we're gonna. What can we do? Uh, we're a rock band, so it, it's what we do: write songs and and play songs. So that's we just we just do that: write songs and plan plan for future tours. But of course, we're gonna play music from uh, from E two in the future as well. Yeah, I mean that's and the weird thing is would, that he too is probably one of our most su- successful albums so far. I mean, we've gotten a lot of radio time uh, in many countries. Uh, we're on Spotify playlists and top lists. Uh, it's going great for he too, and yeah. Yeah, then, and then came the virus. Yeah, you know, I I, I love this record. I mean. When the singles were starting to be released late last year, and you know, and I was the videos were great. I'm like, I'm like, who is this band? This band is phenomenal. And I started to look into your history, and and of course, you know, and that's what that's what's disappointing is because you have a band like you guys that are phenomenal, you know, musicians and phenomenal band, and then you realize that you've been missing all this music for, since 2008. You know, when you released your debut, it's like. Yeah, oh, this is this is great. I got all this music to dive into, but it's also disappointing that someone like myself, who always listens to new stuff and always tries to, you know, obviously I love the bands I grew up with, and I love my favorite bands, you know, whether it's Led Zeppelin or whether it's Van Halen or whatever. But I always like to keep it fresh and keep it, you know, new. I have a 15 year old son that likes rock music as well, and he's always introducing me to new bands. So. When I heard the singles, and I'm like, oh, this band is great, and I started to dive into the catalog, I was like, this is phenomenal, and this, I mean, you know, and then you then you deal with the disappointment as a music fan, like, oh, they're from Sweden, it's going to be hard for them to tour in Chicago, and then I saw you guys in the Monsters of Rock cruise, and I'm like, oh, I can't go, because it it's too late, and all this stuff, and so it's it's been, I, I it's one of the albums that I probably listen to weekly since it's come out, I love it that much. Wow, thank you very much. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that. That's cool. I just feel oh, that... Chicago is a cool place. We have played in Chicago a couple of times. You have? When When was the last time you played in Chicago? Last time was probably two or three years ago, something like that. But I think uh, we've been there three times, actually. Really? We, we haven't been much to the States, but we have been in Chicago and played three times. There was a festival there called Melodic Rock Festival, and we headlined that uh, two times. Yes, yes. And you, uh, yes, now I remember. I I, I remember because I recognized the name, but I never had heard the music. And, oh. you know, when it was going on, and I didn't go to the festival, but... Oh yeah, so I you guys played it at a place called Home Bar, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah. now I remember. Well, I'm going to kick myself in the ass for not for, 
Yeah. So, I, when I heard that you are from Chicago, I was that, it made me glad because I like that city. Chicago's a great town. It's got great food. It's got great people. It's it's uh, it's a wonderful place to hang out. It's I know I'm biased because I'm from here, but I think it's the greatest city in in, uh, in the United States. You know. Hey, by the way, the last time we were there, the Cubs won the series. Yes, like that, that that I shed a lot of tears when that happened because yeah. I've been a lifelong fan, full of disappointment, and you know, waiting over. Well, obviously, I'm not that old, but having a franchise wait over a hundred years to finally experience a championship and know that there's uncles and aunts that were big Cub fans that are no longer with me and no longer here and we're not able to experience it. It was an emotional moment for myself and a lot of people in Chicago to finally see that. So that was a great moment. Yeah, I, I could really feel feel the, 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 the I'd say that everyone was just happy after the 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 Cubs won. It was just all about baseball everywhere. Yeah, it was a big moment. It was a huge moment. Probably the biggest sports moment in my lifetime. You know, it, and you know, I, I you know, music and sports have always been kind of my two passions. I love I love, you know, the Cubs. I love hockey. You know, hockey's probably my second favorite sport outside of baseball. So those are the two sports cool. that keep me busy. Yeah, hockey is a big sport in Sweden too. And speaking of Chicago, is there a lot of Swedes in Chicago? There yes. is, isn't there? Because I have, I've never met them, uh, but I do have uh, Swedish relatives living in Chicago that they've been there for generations. Yes, there is a huge Swedish population, a German population, and a Polish population in Chicago. Oh, yeah, cool. So, well, I definitely will check you guys out next time you guys come. Hopefully that's sooner rather than later because... Like I said, I've sat with this album. Um, I did a you know uh, an episode on the best albums that were released from January through the end of March, the first quarter of 2020. That was in my top five. Heat two was in my top five, and I just yeah. I love it. You know, it's it's um, it's great music. If anyone listening likes big hooks, big melodies, you know, a, a great atmosphere, great vibe of music. Heat 2 by Heat is just a fantastic record. Uh, I suggest you buy it. Take my recommendation. Go buy it you know, <laughs> on their website. It's a phenomenal record. You will, not be, you will not be unhappy listening to it. I guarantee that. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to disappoint anyone either, but uh, think, thanks for the support. And also, too, if you haven't checked out the Better Days Coming video, which is a video produced by Kip Winger and Red Beach, I believe, and they gathered all these musicians who are under quarantine, and they all made videos of this song, and they all sing along different parts, and it's just a great experience. It is a, a, a happy time video where you can have a smile on your face, and you can watch and enjoy, and Crash is a part of that. Crash has his monumental scene-stealing scene in the middle of of the video where everybody's doing one thing and I'm doing something else. Yeah, it was great. I was yeah. And then and then after you watch that, go watch Crash's YouTube video on the explanation of why he recorded what he did and I you'll have a nice laugh yeah. while while you're under quarantine. Sure. So. You'll 
find me on YouTube, Don Crash. Well, and also about that video, uh, the original singer of Heat, uh, Kenny Kenny Lecromo, uh, is in that video as well. That's right. He is in that video. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. You're. You know what? It, it, there's so many. There's Richie Kotzen. There's there's um, Alice Cooper. There's who else is in? I mean, it's just a Claus uh, uh, Money from uh, from Scorpions. You know, there's, there's yeah, a whole sure. bunch of people. And the guy from uh, Steel Panther as well, the yes. singer there. Yes. Uh, don't know his name, but it's a great video. So if you have time, time to check it out. We're all we all have time, right? That's all we have right now is time to do stuff and watch <laughs> videos. So, but I can tell you a fun fact. Speaking of time, is all we have. Uh, uh, apparently, I'm related to Gene Krupa, which is a, a 1940s jazz drummer. It's yes. said that he was the first guy to start with double kick drums. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and he named the cymbals hi-hat, ride, and splash. Uh, and No, sorry, hi-hat, not splash, <laughs> but crash. Uh, hi-hat, ride, and crash. So, you know, a couple of decades later, almost half well more than half a century uh, there's a Swedish guy that decides to call himself Crash and it turns out that the guy who named the symbol Crash is is my relative Gene Krupa that's pretty cool it's pretty cool yeah it was also the mentor of Peter Chris of Kiss yes and also a big influence on Neil Peart as well in fact oh yeah I think there's an interview with him and Gene Krupa uh, sitting next to each other talking about drumming and I think it, it's a it's a fantastic interview all right cool yeah if you well, haven't if, if you haven't checked it out yeah check that out because it's when Neil changed the way he played there was a time in rush where Neil basically broke down the drums and in and, and retaught himself the the drums by using you know a different grip and Gene Krupa actually taught him to how to how to play with a different grip and and it's a tremendous interview so if you have a chance to find it I, you know what i will um email you know the the uh who emailed me to help set up this interview and i'll tell them to pass this link along this interview with gene krupa and neil peart yeah cool i can probably uh, find it on on youtube yeah if you if you have if you don't if you have trouble finding it have them email me and i'll send you the link all right, all right, cool, 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 cool. Well, Crash, it's been a blast, and thank you for doing this. I think uh, you know, like I said, if you if if you're listening and you haven't checked out Heat, go get Heat Two. It's a phenomenal album. It's full of melody. It's full of hooks. It's it will leave you completely satisfied. It's one of the great albums of 2020 so far. And Crash, you've been a great guest. You've been a great interview. I love the discussion, and thanks again for doing this. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Keep your death. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll meet at some uh, cool rock shows in the future. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for the support of the latest album. Um, I really think we nailed it, Heat 2. And uh, if you like it, uh, you're, it's probably going to come more albums that you're going to love because we're never going to stop. 
That's good to hear. That's what I want to hear because that's you guys are a great band, and more people should know about you guys. And again, yeah, we can uh, get over to the states. I would so. love it. Yeah, hopefully, some it's in the future. Hopefully, 2021, when all this is over and done with, you guys, you know, find a circuit and find a way to Chicago, and uh, sure. I'd love to see you guys. Big in America. That's the next big goal. Absolutely. That's where we're at. Well, thanks again, Crash. Once again, this is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.